Good evening. How you guys doing? Doing okay or doing all right? Amen. Well, I did want to say, it's funny about those songs because I got a call this afternoon about the band was sick and they're out and there's not enough of them to do it, so hurry up and pick three songs. So God is good, amen. Had no idea it was going to be that. I was like, whew, that's pretty powerful on top of the news, right? I was just thinking, wow, God's timing is amazing. And then when you said that, it was like, wow, God is so good. He, he orchestrates everything, doesn't he? It's amazing. And another funny thing was when they were choosing the songs, that 10,000 Reason song, there's one of them that goes for an hour. <laughs> we started laughing going, well, I guess he was going to tell us all 10,000 Reasons, right? So thought that was kind of funny but we guys pray for me then I'll pray for you and then we'll get started Man. Heavenly Father we just thank you again for tonight we thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross for us God you laid down your life for us so we could be set free amen so God we thank you for tonight Pray for all those that are traveling, God. And just pray that you speak through me tonight, God. Just uh, give me the words to say, whatever whatever that is. Holy Spirit, have your way. So we just uh, ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I just saw this out in the entry, so I thought I would get it. Just happened to be what I was talking on tonight. Kind of interesting, right? I would say... That your hope tank's probably pretty full, right? <laughs> so I was was thinking about this, and you know, it's it's Christmas time. It can be very stressful. And it's not so much just buying the gifts, it's the hustle and the bustle and everything that goes along with it, right? It could be the first Christmas where there's a family member not there, the stress of that. It could be the stress of just the commercialization of Christmas. I remember early on when I was a Christian, it was just like, everybody's missing the point, you know? They're all excited about buying all this stuff and doing all this stuff, but then where's Jesus at, you know? It just seemed like there was just a small amount of people that really celebrate it for what it's for, the birth of Christ, right? But if you're a Christian, we celebrate his birth, his death, and his resurrection every day. So it really doesn't matter what day it is, right? It's, every day is the same day for us, right? We celebrate Jesus every day not taken away from the family time and things like that and the time that they've chosen to celebrate that day but we celebrate it every day so to me it's I wouldn't say just another day but we celebrate all the time so I try to hold that stress off of just dealing with all that mess knowing that it's all about Jesus so the message is really all about Jesus all the time right so it's a hopeful time of year. They have all the songs about the hope that is coming or the hope that we're experiencing. How many of you have lost your hope? How many of the hope meters like pretty low? It's easy to do. I'm just saying it comes in phases. It ebbs and flows because sometimes it seems like, God, where are you in the middle of all this? I don't get it. I have to question my hope sometimes myself. But I know just like the second song that we sang about, standing in your love, 
when you're standing in his love and you're walking in the spirit, you're good. You're good to go. It just seems like your problems aren't as big when you're walking with Jesus hand in hand. And that's what he wants. That's the hope that we have. So we know this world is a complete mess, right? It's just horrible out there. We hear the wars. We're hearing about that every single day between Israel and Hamas. That started again. Overpopulation all around the world. There's droughts. There's floods. There's earthquakes. There's, we have storms in our own life. We have inflations out the wazoo. So what does the world have to offer hope? Not much, right? That's the false hope. The false hope is the world. They'll tell you everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Here's what you need. This will make you better. Do this. You'll be better. Buy this. You'll do this. Take this pill. You'll feel better. Right? The world offers very, very little real hope. The hope that it has is fake. It's temporary. It's temporary. So I, I found I, I'm kind of the, the scriptures I have are kind of all over. I don't like doing that sometimes, but in this case, they're all over the place. You guys ever experienced the doldrums? The doldrums? You know, where you feel a little depressed, you just feel kind of flat. Just, it happens, right? Especially this time of year, because it seems like it's magnified for some reason, you know? So, I, I, I <laughs> you guys know I like weather, right? Kind of a weather geek. Well, guess what? Doldrums, the second definition of doldrums, there's a place near the equator in the Atlantic Ocean where the water goes completely flat like a mirror for no reason. Just think if you were a sailor and you're trucking along and all of a sudden you just hit a flat spot. What do you, you're stuck, right? I mean, that's, so even the ocean gets to doldrums. I just thought that was kind of funny, so. Thought I'd share some more useless information about weather, right? <laughs> So if you ever hear that in trivia, it's the Atlantic Ocean. So we know the world offers very little hope. So our ultimate hope is in Christ Jesus, right? Amen. And I, I'm looking around and I think everybody in here is probably saved, amen? amen? So this message is for you because this is about, there's two sides. I'll give you, I'll give you the, the worldly side and then we'll go to the other side. The worldly side, oh wait, let me back up. First, the hope meaning is favorable or confident expectation. It's an assurance. So when God speaks of hope, it's a guarantee. It's stamped guarantee. It's not like the world, I wish or I hope, hope it rains, hope the blues win, hope the Cardinals win. It's not that kind of hope, it's real hope, real hope. Something we can, we can uh, it's our foundation. So true hope is built on Christ. So the wishful thinking part False hope is temporary things that we get caught up in, like new cars. You think that's going to make, I hope this makes my life better so I buy a new car. Maybe a new house, maybe that'll make my life better. Maybe if I had more kids, maybe if I get a better job. More money, right. So technically what you're doing is kind of building your own kingdom, right? You're trying to satisfy yourself, and you hope that it gets better. So check out what the scripture says about that. Temporary things. This is in Matthew 7, 24 through 26. 
Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, follows it, not just listening, remember, we got to be doers of the word too, is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Would you build a house on sand? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't last long, right? Though the rain comes and it's torrents and the floods rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't, be won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on sand. So really, it's kind of foolishness to build your own kingdom, right? Without God. It's kind of what tried to do before Christ. Chasing the money, doing everything I can to keep myself satisfied. Whatever desire came, just do it. Right? The path to nowhere. It just leads you all over the place and it ends up nowhere. You spend all kinds of time, all kinds of money, and you go nowhere. You get nothing out of it. It's empty. It's false. False hope. You know, and you can even, even take it farther down. You can even go down to drugs and alcohol and things like that, and that's all false hope, too, because all that does is just push away everything. You don't deal with your circumstances. Did that, too. <laughs> Before Christ, did the same thing. When life got bad, my hope was bad, well, let's drink it up, whatever. When your conscience hits, you knock it back with slits, right? <laughs> I made that up, actually. <laughs> But those are temporary things. Your car, your house, things like that. Not saying that you can't have that kind of thing. But that's, that's all you have. You're building your kingdom on sand. And judging by what Scripture says, it's going to collapse. And it will. I've experienced that too. <laughs> so what about possessions? Let's see, what, let's see what Jesus says about that in Luke 12, 16 through 21. Okay. They're coming up. 1621. Oh, I'm sorry. 1216. There it is. So Jesus tells them this story. Rich man had a fertile farm that produces fine crops. He said to himself, Well, what should I do? I don't have room for my crops. So this guy has a giant farm and he's having a killer season, right? And he already has barns. Look what he does. Then he said, I don't know, I'll tear them down, and I'll build bigger ones. For me. Look what he's doing, for me. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll just sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, just eat, drink, and be merry. So he's building his kingdom on possessions, right? So look what God has to say about it. But God said to him, you fool, you'll die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. That's what it's all about, having a rich relationship with God. So if you're storing your treasures on earth, they're just going to rot. They're not worth anything. And the funny thing is, and, and I've seen this in my family and some of my other friends' families. Our families work so hard to have our possessions, but when we die, they either get thrown away or donated. They work so hard to get that stuff. And that's exactly what's going to happen to our stuff. 
kids will go through it or whatever. They'll pick what they want. They'll donate or they'll throw it all away, all right? But our real possession is our relationship with Christ. So one more, self-righteousness. Like this one too. Our own goodness. Look at Luke 18. This is what Jesus has to say about this guy. Or actually these two guys. Then Jesus told them the story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. <laughs> and he scorned everyone else. So one of these guys is a Pharisee, one of these guys is a tax collector, okay? Now the tax collector at that time was like one of the worst people you could possibly be in society. They were looked down upon, everybody hated them. Even the bad people hated them. They were lower than the bad people. <laughs> that is bad, isn't it? I was trying to think of something in today's society that would be equivalent to that, but I, I don't know. A politician, yeah, or maybe a lawyer. <laughs> kind of the same kind of thing. The two men went to the temple to pray. One of them was a Pharisee. The other one was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. You can almost see this guy when you read this story. And it's all of his big get up and all that. Yeah, all puffed up with his big old hat. He's up there. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Those cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector, like that guy. So he's putting himself above that guy. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance, and he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven, and he prayed. Instead, he beat his own chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we're always supposed to take the low road, right? I think the low road's actually safer than puffing yourself up thinking you're something that you're not. Because sooner or later, it's going to pop. <laughs> I've seen that happen several times, too. <laughs> So these, these three things we're talking about, the temporary things, we're talking about the possessions, and we're talking about our own self-righteousness. You guys ever been that way, any of those three? I think we've all probably been in there at some point in time, right? That's the negative side of things, right? That's chasing after the world. It gives us basically nothing, false hope. So now let's talk about true hope. It's eternal things. God is our hope, right? We place all of our faith in God because God loves us, Right? He cares about us. He shelters us. He protects us. He provides for us. He does everything for us. Yeah. Most of it's unseen. A lot of times we don't even know it. We don't even know, just like the accident, he protected you. You didn't even know that was even coming. But he did. You know? Wouldn't it be weird if you could actually see how many times you're protected from things throughout the day? That you don't even know are happening and God just, like, maybe moves something out of the way or maybe a car out of the way or... Gives you the idea to turn here instead of going where you were going, or whatever the case may be. Be interesting to see, wouldn't it? So he provides for us. If you get a chance, read Psalm 23 if you, if you don't know it. Just check it out. Because that's all about everything that he does for us. All those things. 
Because he's good. He's worthy of our trust, right? Even in the tough times. The tough times are coming, guys, for all of us. It can be anything. So we need to be prepared. We talk about that all the time. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Meaning, like when you come here to get filled up, and I hope that you do, that my hope, again, real hope, not temporary hope, <laughs> that you guys get something out of it. It adds to you. You made the effort to come here, so I'm hoping that you leave with a little nugget of some kind that will help you throughout the week, unless you're here on Wednesdays or whatever. But you got to keep putting food in the tank. You have to. You have to have your daily dose, right? Who prayed today? Wow, just about everybody. That's awesome. That is great. If you haven't, you should check in before the day's over, okay? That's how we communicate with God, right? And that's how he communicates with us. You know, I want to say one thing about prayer, too. Those prayer cards, those are a big deal, guys. You may not know it, and you might feel weird doing it. Nobody knows, unless you sign it. But I can tell you there's lots of people praying for it. The more the barrier, right? So I know it, take, it takes a little bit of faith to put it on a card. But when you do that, you have a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people praying for you. So I, I would recommend doing that. By the way, did you guys like the worship? Yeah. It was pretty good, wasn't it? I just got off track. I don't know why I said that, but I think we should do that every once in a while, just rotate and do videos, just to be, just to be different, just to break up the monotony, right? Squirrel. <laughs> wow, it kind of looks like me. <laughs> All right, so true hope comes from God. It comes from knowing Him, and it comes from our relationship. Real hope. We can trust God in everything. We bring him all of our troubles. And sometimes just airing them out, you feel better. You don't have to carry it around. Just air it out. God has some broad shoulders, guys. You can even be angry at God. It's okay. He knows. He already knows before you even ask. And he's probably going, all right, now we can get somewhere. Glad to hear from you. What do you want to work on? He's, he's a lot, lot better than he gets credit for sometimes because he's not the, we used to call him the big buzzkill in the sky. It's not, that's not his attitude. That's not his character. He's not like that. He loves us and he wants to help us. And he has our back all the time. Even when it's our darkest hour, just like we were just thinking about, the darkest times come, he's always there. Always. Even when you're by yourself, technically you're not alone because he's with you, right? He's got the Holy, we got the Holy Spirit. That was one of the gifts we got. So I just picked a few things to put down um, about true hope. I did a search and it said hope is in the Bible over 125 times and like 130 something verses throughout the whole Bible. That's quite a bit. Don't you think? It's pretty important. So evidently there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of promise, right? God has lots of promises and he's good for them. So hope is never lost. True hope comes from trusting God, even when our circumstances are difficult. He's at work all the time. Even though it's unseen, he's working. He's lining things up for us. All we have to do is stay in tune. And I know that's hard to do in our society because of all the input that we constantly have. There's always something trying to distract us. 
seemed like this week was a week of distractions, for me anyway. They were just popping up all over the place. Just this going on, that going on, this is going on, that's going on. You're like, what? Changing directions all the time, just trying to keep up a lot of times. But I know God's in control of the whole thing. Don't understand it sometimes, and I question, where are you, God? Where are you in all of this? And I know we probably all do, but he's there. He's working it out. Just hold on until he does, because there will be a time this will pass. Always does. We don't know how long it'll take, but it will pass. Then you can look back and see his goodness, going, wow, now I see the trail that you lined up for me looking backwards. We should always be grateful, always, always grateful. There's always something to be thankful and grateful for, always, right? We just celebrated Thanksgiving. I'm still full from Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There was lots of parties going on with Thanksgiving with all the families and all that, but now this weekend, there's all kinds of parties too. It's like Christmas parties. Like the, I was like, well, didn't I just see everybody last week? I don't know. I think I'd have waited a couple of weeks before we put all the Christmas parties in there. But anyway, I don't have anything to do with anything. So the second one is we can be confident in the hope that we have. Remember we talked about real hope has the assurance, a favorable expectation. I expect God to come through. And guess what? He will. It may take a little time, but he will. In his timing, he will. That's why we cling to the hope that we have to get us to that point. But you have to renew your mind. You have to put gas in your tank all the time or you're going to run out. You're going to dry up if you don't feed it. It's just like a fire. It will go out if you don't put wood on it. It will. And then you'll start thinking things that aren't true. The devil creeps in. Well, they don't like me. They didn't call me. They didn't even notice I was gone. He starts putting all these stupid thoughts in your head. It's all in your head, though. And I can tell you this, too. If you've been away, just come back. If you're out of step with God, just come back. It's easier than you think because it's all in your head, the reasons why you won't. Whether it's come back to group, come back to church each week, or even just start hanging around your Christian friends again. This walk is hard, guys. It gets cumbersome at times, but we have the hope in God's promises to get us through this. But, like I said, you have to read the Word. You have to be in fellowship. You have to listen to Christian music. You have to have that kind of input. You need a little more than just TikTok videos. I'll tell you that. You know, sometimes those little 30-minute deals, they pop, or 30-second deals, when they pop up, they're pretty cool. But you need more than that. And even, even in, your, in your email box, you'll, you'll get... You know, a devotion for the day, which is good. That, that's, that's like a precursor to the meat, really. That's like an appetizer. And it'll get you through a pinch, but we should be digging in the Bible all the time because all the answers to life's questions are in here. What should I do? How should I do this? Pray. The more you seek, the more you find. It's just how it works. So our hope is never lost, and we can be confident in this hope. And true hope we know comes from God, right? I wrote this little uh, thing down. One way to know whether you're trusting God is whether you're obeying his word. Do you actually obey it? 
Or do you actually read it or not even read it? Remember we just read, you need to be practicing it. Practice, practice, practice. And I'm telling you why you have to practice is you have to be ready on game day. You know, even the pros get tired of practicing, but when game day comes, it kind of shows they've been slacking. You can tell the ones that are taking it seriously because when the time comes, and it's coming, for all of us at one point in time, we're going to have these little life storms that come. Some are big, some are little, but they're coming. So we have to be prepared. So we know if you're obeying his word, so if you trust his word, you guys trust what this says? You know, I thought that was great. Remember when Brother Purdy said that, the guys at the picnic? When he said, I searched the Bible everywhere, inside and out. There's only one thing I couldn't find in the Bible. It was my opinion. <laughs> that was awesome. I go, I'm stealing that. That's good. Because my opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Word says. This is what God says. These guys pen this from what God says, not us. We're just messengers. So we trust it. So check this out. Trust produces obedience, which produces hope, which results in joy and peace. That is by the power of the Spirit. He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. When you open your heart to Jesus, we have an advocate, the Holy Spirit. He's there to give us those little nudges when we need them. That's his job. That's what he does. He helps us. He's our helper. So look at Romans uh, 15, 13. This was my life verse for the longest time. As I pray to God that the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He will fill you. Some, source, uh, some uh, translation says the God of hope. He gives us the hope. He's the God of hope, and he gives it abundantly. Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly. Right? So we trust in his word. We have the spirit to help us. And when we're walking in it, we can have the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, this morning at breakfast, Randy was doing his testimony. We always, always get in there, the walking through the tulips thing. Because you guys know the Christian walk is not walking through the tulips. Although there are days you feel like it, and some days you feel like you're floating. It's like, man, I'm so full, I feel like a hot air balloon. I'm like, God is so good, nothing can touch me. Then the balloon pops and you're back on the ground. And you're like, what is going on? But I know the longer you walk this thing out, the highs aren't as high and the lows aren't nearly as low because you trust God no matter what. We trust his promises. We trust what his word says. There's all kinds of examples in here on how biblical stories on some of the people who had the hope that God gave them. You hear some of the armies and things, how they conquered things and stuff like that. Can you imagine God telling you 
we're going to war. This is all we have. This room full of people here, and we're going to go take on uh, Hamas or something. And we say, okay, Lord, you're going to have to do it. And guess what? He did it. And he conquered them. And you're looking at it on paper, and it just doesn't jive, right? It's like there's no way. Those guys are trained killers. But there, there's all kinds of examples on the hope that these people were trusting God, going, okay, God, you called me to do this, so I'm going to go do it, and he came through for them, just like he'll come through for us. Yeah. He always does. Like I said earlier, it takes a while sometimes, and it's, sometimes you have to go through a lot of pain and tears and everything else that comes along with it, but God has your back. That's one of his promises. He wants to he comforts us. He takes care of us. He protects us. All that stuff like I talked about in Psalm 23. He's there for us every, t every time. He doesn't take a day off. We shouldn't either. You know, when, when you... When you take time off from God's Word or God's people or any kind of input you're going to float pretty fast down or away. I always thought it was weird because when you, when I first became a Christian, I've said this before too, you think you would drift closer to him because you want to, right? Well, you will when you're walking in the Spirit. You're going to be walking hand in hand. But when you start doing your own thing, you start drifting away. That's what we do. When you don't have input, you're going to dry up. You're going to blow away. And then you're going to wonder, you might wake up in a couple of years and go, how did I end up here? How'd I get here? Well, let's go back in time. You compromised here. Then you started separating yourself from your friends because of whatever you did. Maybe you fell down or whatever you did. And then you let the devil in, and he tells you all kinds of stuff that isn't true. God hates you. You're screw up. See, told you. Your, your faith's not real. You ever heard that? Your faith's not real? <laughs> It is real. You do have real faith. If you honestly opened your heart to God, it's real. Israel, right? Israel. You guys get that? <laughs> okay, so we also have uh, number four here. I have hope is a gift. He gives us the power to hope. It's a demonstration of his love for us. The Holy Spirit, right? He gives us confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. Oh, I didn't tell... Uh, let me look this up real quick here. Let me get here to... Let me get here. Hold on just a second. One moment, please. I forgot to tell the guys this scripture. It was Romans 5, 5, 5. Okay. Sorry about that. 5, 5, it says, And in this hope it will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And before this, he's talking about now that you've made peace with God, this is the hope that you have. You've already made your peace. I remember the first time 
listening to our, our preacher friend telling me why I needed God. And he's like, if you don't have God in your heart, technically you're on the devil's team. I'm like, what are you talking about? I hate the devil. How can I be on his team? He's like, well, if you're not with God, you're against God. It's pretty simple. It's black and white. You're either with him or against him. And I was like, wow, okay. So in, in uh, chapter 5 here, he's talking about, we'll back it up one verse. It says, and, and endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. So if your salvation is real, you have real hope to draw on. This is the real stuff, not, not the fake stuff. You guys with me? Okay, and lastly, it says hope endures. We know his love goes on forever, right? His love endures forever. I think that's Psalm 100. He has a future for us that is full of hope. Full of hope. This is one of my favorites too, Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody probably knows this one. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God knows the plans he has for you. That's what it says, right? God knows the plans. They are plans for good, not for disaster. God is good, guys. All the time, right? And all the time is good. <laughs> I was thinking, I know there's, there's, we all go through tough times. And we have to prepare for the storms like we talked about before, but you may be going through something pretty tough right now. You know, and you may not have that hope, real hope. But if you're saved, all you have to do is dig deeper. Seek God. He's with you in the storm. He's there with you and he wants to help you. Remember, he's promised to work all good things for the good for those who love him. Romans 8, 28. All things. All things, not some things. He said he's going to work all things for the good. I don't know how he does it. That's his job. Our job is to believe he can do it. Trust that he's going to do it. Don't be afraid to ask. God, I need help. You know, we always, I've said it before. When you ask somebody, when you ask for prayers, prayer card, or maybe, maybe pray with somebody, that's not a sign of weakness, guys. That's a sign of strength. That means you're inviting God into your problems. Like, God, I need help. I can't do this myself. I can't carry this any longer. It's killing me. I need help. It's okay to ask for help. Amen? So I saw this quote, too. I forgot. I didn't write the person's name down. But it says, Christian faith is not a hope-so hope. It's a no-so hope. Think about that. We don't have to hope that it's hope. It's real hope. It's not like the hope of the world, which disappoints us, but rather it's a hope that's anchored in God and the Word of God and in the God who can do all things. God can do all things. 
So, <laughs> I thought this should have been a bumper sticker too. I saw this. This other quote says, so if you're looking for hope, he has a name, and his name is Jesus. Isn't that cool? If you're looking for hope, he has a name. His name is Jesus. That's the hope that we have in this world. You know the cool thing about hope? You know, we know because of our salvation and the grace that God's given us, we're going to heaven, right? That's partial hope. That's a good hope. When you die, you know you're going. But guess what? We have hope here while we're here. Amongst the world that we live in, we still have hope, confident hope. We stand on God's promises and the confident hope that he gives us. That's how we can continue on. It's not easy. It's not easy. So I want to encourage you. If you've been away, just come back. If you haven't been reading, read. If you haven't been praying, pray. Just do it, right? Strengthen your relationship with Christ. Strengthen your faith. That way, our job is to share it. Share the hope that we found. There's a lot of hopelessness out in the world. You don't even have to look very far to find it. Street corners, you're going to really start seeing it around Christmas time. People are just downtrodden. They have no hope. If you run into those, if God some, puts somebody in your path, say something to them. Just a kind word even. You just never know how it could turn somebody's life around. Jesus loves you, man. That's our job. We're all ministers. That's our job, to share the word. If you don't do anything else with the gift that God's given you except share it, I guess that wouldn't be all bad. But I know he wants, he's got a plan for all of us, right? A, a plan to prosper. So we share it. Share the hope that we have. Amen? That's about all I have for this evening. So I'll pray. We can hang out. We can do whatever. So Father God, we just thank you again. We thank you for the hope that you've given us, the confident hope. We don't have to just be, I wish, kind of hope. We know. We have confident hope in you, God, for what you did for us on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Just pray for everybody that are going home, God. You get them home safely. And pray for those that are sick, that are out. Pray that you'll help heal them too, God. So we just uh, thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you again. In Christ's name, amen. Oh, I thought I was looking at the great week. I was like, okay. <laughs> what you got there, Earl? Little nugget? <laughs> hey, Mitzi. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to share. As you noticed, my brother Rodney's not here tonight. I, he always